you need me, when you're chesty, when you get when you get up here, you are in the the way of the river. Man, sometimes we just gotta get outside of our comfort zone. You step out in this river. Hey, it may not be up here, it may be at, at your seat. For you in your house, you may just lift up hands. Just thank him for what he's done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful for the river? And his spirit and his presence. See that. 
have to excuse me a little bit because I've been in the river and I, I really don't want to get out so I think I'll just stay a while so there is a river that flows from the throne of God it is a river of his love it is a river of his presence it is a river of his power and the word says that out of our belly will flow rivers of living water I just pray that you experience the presence and the love of God this morning because it will change us from glory to glory. We just give him praise. So as we worship him with our tithes and offerings, let's continue with our attitude of praise. May we ask the ushers to come forward.
Brother Doug, would you pray over our morning offering, please? this time the children that God has blessed us with we're going to let them go to children's church are ready to hear, hear the word, so as pastor comes, let's give him a warm welcome. Uh, 
So, what a great opportunity to promote something that's coming in the 1st of May. We need a digital upgrade, okay? We can't, we can't have this anymore. Somebody say amen. And that's all in that table. It's nothing to do with Riley. Riley, he's got, I mean, the boy's probably dripping with sweat back there right now. I mean, him and Patrick, I didn't even look back because I, I was like, dude, I feel it on them. I mean, they're just, oh, God, what are we doing? Oh. You know, so uh, listen, the devil's in the details and the sound system always. And so uh, we're fixing to replace computers. We're fixing to change the, the inside of that sound booth some. We're going to get it to where we're going to upgrade our, our, our screen. We're going to buy a camera. We're going to get a, a feed that gives the, the volume, the, the audio to it like it should. We're going to do all that uh, with your help. So in May, we're going to start a promotion for that. We're going to receive offerings, and we're going to start purchasing and placing those items so that we get our church where it needs to be in 2021. Amen? All right. So I got that out of the way. I'm excited about it. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to preach again this morning. Uh, I, I enjoy it. Y'all know I love it. I've only been with y'all uh, as pastor for uh, about a month now. Uh, I've been here for close to eight months uh, and thankful for the every month that I've been able to be here to help fill in. I will mention to you, please be in prayer for the Langfords. Miss Mary was in the hospital uh, a couple of days, uh, Thursday and Friday. Came home yesterday. They're still working to figure out what the issues are. She's had some blood pressure issues where it's not stabilizing. and um, But she's home. We want to pray for Brother Jerry and for Miss Mary, but especially uh, Miss Mary right now physically, uh, and probably Brother Jerry mentally. So, uh, you know, that's just, a, that's a joke, y'all. Uh, I mean, the pressure of caring for somebody is a lot on you mentally is what I'm saying. And so I know he's ex- he's really trying to do everything he can for Miss Mary at this time to care for her. So let's pray for them. We're going to do that right now. Father, we just come to you, God. We just lift up the Langfords. God, we thank you for their lives, for their ministry in this church, and for what you've done through the years in them. And Lord, you haven't put them to the wayside. You care about them. You, they're a vital part of who we are in the future, and we need in the presence for you, present for you to touch Miss Mary, minister healing into her body. We believe in Jesus' name it is done. We, we just speak to the, her body to respond to the creative power and touch of Jesus right now and the power of the spirit and the blood that was shed made possible this moment and so in those stripes that were born God your healing is manifest we pray it in Miss Mary's body we pray it in brother Jerry Miss Mary's spirit and soul Lord that their minds be calm and clear and God that you strengthen them for the for the journey you strengthen them today we pray it in Jesus name and everyone said amen 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 so here's my thought, thought this morning. Um, the most powerful thing that we possess in our life is our story. Okay, it's our story. And it's more than just a story. It's a story of salvation. I mean, who you are and what Jesus did for you is a powerful thing. It is one of the most powerful things that we possess. I believe the most powerful thing. Our story includes everything before Christ. So we like to try to think that maybe, you know, it doesn't include that, but it includes how lost, alone, lonely, de- de- destructive, disappointing, uh, disoriented, confused, um, uh, hopeless, helpless, how bound we were, how blind we were. Uh, all the feelings.
we all felt before Christ came into our lives as Savior. Amen? So all those things are a part of our story. We, were, we, we can't get rid of those things. We don't need to get rid of those things. Those become the foundation of the testimony of who Jesus is in your life. Um, he paid the price for our salvation, a, a price that cost him his life, a life that was sinless, that became sin for us at the cost of being separated from his Father. We know that, that the God who loved us enough to send his one and only Son did it to bridge this incredibly huge chasm that was between us and God created by sin. So Jesus, we know the scripture calls him, or we know that we sing about him being the lover of our soul. We know he's the one who, lay, who loved us enough to lay his life down. We know the scriptures teach us and instruct us that his work was finished on the cross. We know that it instructs us and teaches us that he took the keys of death, hell, and the grave and Satan. And he was victorious over grave, over the grave. We know that the one who continue, he's the one who continues, according to Scripture, to make intercession for us. Uh, we know he's the one who reveals the Father's love to us. And in the smallest and most personal ways each day, that's my Jesus, that's your Jesus, that's our Jesus. That is, he is the one who changed everything. And that's a part of our story. So our story is incredible and our story is so important. And so the question I ask this morning is, has Jesus changed everything for you? Do you know him in this way? Do, ha, have you placed, we talked about this last Sunday, I, I tied it into the message, have you placed the full weight of your faith on him? I'm not just talking about having faith in him, I'm talking about putting your faith on him. So we're going to go back to a story. I'm going to go back to one that we looked at a few weeks ago that had found in Luke chapter 5. If you take a note, write it down. It's the story of Peter. It's the story of his life. It's the story of one of the struggles that he faced, Peter the fisherman, Peter the business owner, Peter the, the, the normal guy from all accounts, the person who had not put his faith fully on Jesus, it looks like. When you read the story and you see what was taking place in Luke chapter 5, there was this moment in his life where he has this encounter uh, where he was willing to listen and, 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 and when called on, he was willing to blindly obey. So we talked about blind obedience three weeks ago. And so we're going to look at blind obedience again a little deeper into his life and a little more personal for us, okay? Because I'm going to give you three action points this morning that have to do with how to prepare yourself for those moments when he calls you to do something that makes no sense. Amen? How many been there? Yeah, just, you're like, you know, because that was what we got right here. Uh, we, uh, uh, Luke chapter 5, verse 1, one day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. And he noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, so the fishermen had let, left them there, and were washing their nets. So stepping into one of the boats, verse 3, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. Then when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, y'all remember I called this, call this the carpenter fisherman conversation. Amen. 
We've had those conversations. You've been in a job site. You've been doing something. You've been home. You've been fooling with something out in the garage. You've been doing something. And and all of a sudden, maybe you were planning a maybe you were planning a shower. You had this certain way you had planned on doing it, ladies. And all of a sudden, then somebody shows up and they sort of want to take over and tell you what to do. And you go, hold on just a minute. I know what I know, and it ain't what you're saying. I had to make I had to make that relative all of us. I don't know how many of you ladies turn wrenches, so I tried to put it in a real person for all of us. Okay. So, so here's this moment where Jesus, the carpenter, who's turned preacher now, tries to tell the business owner fisherman what he needs to do. Master, Simon replied, we worked all last night and didn't catch a thing. In other words, I know what I'm doing here. I know what I know. Then he goes on and says, but if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And verse 6 says, and this time their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, oh, Lord, please believe me. I'm too much of a sinner to be around you. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught as were the others with him, his partners James and John. Sons, the sons of Zebedee were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, don't, Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. This is where Peter's story begins in Scripture. Okay? So all of our story begins with the encounter moment. All of our now we've got a story before that. It's before Christ. It's an important story, and it's it's okay to to, to recall that story. But you want to build off of the encounter moment. You want to be able to say, "But Jesus changed everything." Amen. So we all need a story that includes that encounter moment. We 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 need that. You have that if you know Christ personally. And Peter began here on the shore after a long night of fishing and catching nothing. And, and Jesus here in this story wants, wants to use Peter's boat. We read, read that. He's going to use it sort of as a platform to make room for all the people that were gathering so that he could share and preach and teach the word of God. And then Peter, realizing the moment, and I told you all I think a couple of weeks ago, I think he may have, he may have seen it through his eyes, okay? So here's the reality. Peter may have saw this moment as an opportunity to promote his brand, okay? You know, I don't know if he had a like a, like a, a a stamp on the side of his boat. You know that had you know that's the thing now. You know we want to be like Coke or Coca Cola. When everybody sees it, they know it. So he may have had a stamp on his boat, and he thought, well, when they when I push it out there, they'll see that. That'll be important. Or it may have been that Peter was just curious. He had heard about Jesus. He had he had he had read the yeah. He had, no, he didn't read the paper. Don't worry about that. He didn't look at his smartphone. So undoubtedly word of mouth had got to him that Jesus was coming their way and that he is doing all these miraculous things. And so he he was aware of him. He must he may have had a sense about it. He knew something was going on because all this crowd was pressing in on Jesus. So sure enough, he lets him get in the boat. Or either Peter's just like some of y'all and me and Debbie. He just don't know how to say no. Say amen. And, 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 and it's okay because the reality becomes right here. 
Um, when I shared this a few weeks ago, I, I talked about that conversation and where it said when he had finished speaking, he says to Simon, not, now go out where it is deeper and let your nets down to catch some fish. And he says, Master, our, Master Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. I mean, we've all had those conversations. The ones that have to do with, I'm here, you're there. You don't see what I see. You don't feel what I feel. You don't get it, Lord. You just don't get it. You can't understand this. And so when God, one of the things that stands out in this, in this passage, when God repeats something, I mean, when God, when he asks us to repeat something, I want you to think about this. When God asks us to repeat something, which means that he asks us to pursue something we've already decided won't work. Uh, uh, we, we realize it's not in our best interest. Uh, maybe, maybe we think it won't be received well. Uh, maybe we got it in our mind that it will put our reputation in jeopardy. Uh, maybe it's going to cause us to be embarrassed. Uh, maybe it's going to make us look bad, look weak, look dumb. What do we do? What do we do? What, what do we do in that? So that's the three action points. I want to give you three action points concerning blind obedience, okay? And, and, and I, want, I want you to try to take these in. I'm going to give you single words to begin with, and then we're going to itemize the three. Okay, so the single words are this, plan, expect, and choose. Plan, expect, and choose. Action, plan, action, expect, action, choose. What do those have to do with? I'm going to break those down for you right quick. First, plan to be interrupted. Any of that's for you. I can tell where you're receiving it. That's a, that's a word for you. I mean, Jesus is the king of interruptions. Amen. He's the king of interruptions. I mean, what we got to settle, I mean, this is the challenge. Man, what great song selection today, by the way, Drew. Very led of the Spirit. What we got to settle is this. We don't belong to this world, y'all. We're looking for something coming. We're not supposed to be setting our roots down right now. Matter of fact, when we really take time to think about this, God never intended us to rely on this world, to thrive in this world, to master this world, to become comfortable in this world, to trust this world, to make it our permanent home, to see it as our all in all. He never intended that. Hebrews 11, 8 through 10 says, It was by faith that Abraham believed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as an inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going, blind obedience, and even when he reached the land, God promised he lived there by faith, for he was like a foreigner living in tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob who inherited the same promise, and so do we because we inherit the same promise. And what we begin to see here, it goes on and says, Abraham was confidently looking forward. Look, my, my job today is to confidently look forward. And believe that God's got something. He's got a city with eternal foundation, a city planned and built by God. God, get ready. Get ready to be interrupted by Jesus. 
you get comfortable, he's, he's going to interrupt you. If you get settled, he'll interrupt you. If you get in your mind, this is the way it is, he'll interrupt you. Even if you're the best fisherman. And he sends somebody don't know how to fish. Because he has to interrupt us to use us. He has to interrupt us to use us. What interruption has you where you are in your story? We could take time to think about that a little bit. There'd be somebody to tell about their interruption, somebody about to tell about their. Something has caused you to be where you are in your story. And the problem is too many times we don't see it as the interruption of God because we don't see him possessing our lives and, 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 and laying a promise out before us and working us to that promise. So I, I can just see Peter responding to Jesus' interruption here. Lord, so I, I heard about you. I heard the Spirit descended on you in the form of a dove, and the Father spoke, and I heard all that. Man, that's awesome stuff. That's cool. That's amazing. I know you you, you grew up a carpenter, and then this happened at the baptism. I, I read, I, I mean, I heard about, I want to read fast. I, I I heard about <laughs> the influence of the culture. She's totally controlling my mind right now. Uh, I heard, I heard about, I heard about, I heard about, I heard about you turning the water to wine at that marriage group. That's not, I ain't never heard nothing about that. That's that's incredible. I wish I'd have been there. <laughs> Sorry. You're preaching. You're teaching this is like no one else. We've never heard anything like it. But you don't know what I know about fishing. Amen. You just don't. You just don't know what I know about fishing. I mean, we did it all night and got nothing. No thing. That means not weed, seed, nothing. No thing in the net. And so he's. He's got the net. He's had it washed. It's in the boat. He don't want to throw it back out. He knows he's going to have to wash it, clean it again, whatever he does. And so he's in this moment. And so he gathers the net out and tells the guy, come on, put this out there. You know, he said, don't row out there. He said, but if you say so. I mean, look, this is a huge interruption because I know what the results are. But if you say so, I'll come. What net? born out of an experience that no one can argue with you about, you know. You know what you know. And God interrupts your life in that place, in that relationship, in that experience. And he throws the net. He throws the net. It stinks. Prepares himself to do what he's done all night long. I wonder if you can get enough fish in one of those nets and it starts taking it away from you. You know, because you know we reel that thing and pull. You see these guys strapped in the seats, 
in the in the boats out on the sea and they're working. They got the man, they got everything they're doing all that they can to stay alive and survive the fight. I wonder if there were enough fish to take it away. Hey, something's in here. Something's happening. So, so all I want you to get this morning is this. What's your plan for when that happens? What are you going to do when you actually blindly obey and all of a sudden something that you didn't think could happen, happens? Because that's what takes place. When Jesus gets involved, the things that can't happen do happen. Family members far from God start coming back, coming back to him, coming back to Jesus, coming back into the relationship. And you don't know what to do. They show up at church on a Sunday and you hadn't even invited them. And all of a sudden you look at them and you go, what are y'all doing in here? Oh, come on. Yeah, y'all get it. Y'all done it. You know, you've thought it. You've wondered. I mean, are you prepared for that? Are you ready for that? I'll never forget the night I showed up on a Wednesday night to church to my youth group after I'd driven all the way back from Venice, Louisiana, working in the oil field. And at 19, I walk into that church, and they've been praying for weeks for all of us to come back to Jesus. Come back to Jesus. I walked in on that Wednesday night, and you'd have thought, you'd have thought the devil himself come in and stole me. And I was just crying. I was like, man, I'm so excited about being back. God got me. They didn't know what to do. Amen. What, what, what do we think is going to happen when we push? What do we think is going to happen if we pray until something happens? I mean, what are we praying for? What are we believing for? When he gets involved, what we think can happen will happen. Co-workers, we pray for and care for them. They start asking us questions, and we get nervous. I don't know if I have the answer. Don't worry about that. Just tell me the story. Just tell me the story. But look, I can answer that. But I can tell you this. This is who I was. I had this encounter, and this is where I am now. And that encounter is offered to you right now. That's all I can tell you. That's all I can give you. That's only that's only hope I can offer you. The Jesus that changed me will change you. Just give it a I mean, an interruption in your plan is an invitation to follow his plan. See, an interruption in your plan is an invitation to follow his plan, to get on his track, to get on his course. I mean, what do we have to lose? What do you have to lose? Your plan's probably not working right now anyway. I mean, that's the story of my life. I make plans, and they don't work. And then I just go, well, Lord, what you want me to do? And then he opens this door, and this thing happens. And next thing I know, I'm here and doing something. I, I, you know, you get what I'm saying. Something's better than nothing. You can plan to be interrupted when God calls you to follow. So here we go. Here we go. Number two, expect following to be risky. Plan to be interrupted, but you better expect following to be risky. Risk is all about sacrifice, and sacrifice is always risky. It's going to cost somebody. What was the story? What was the story? Roy told me a story Wednesday morning about the pig and the chicken, right? Roy told me that the chicken is involved with the egg, but the pig's committed when I'm eating that bacon.
Y'all get that, don't you? This is what we're talking about. I'm not talking about you getting involved. I'm talking about you making a sacrifice. I'm talking about you giving everything to Jesus. It's risky to offer shelter to someone that might take advantage of you. It's risky to be honest about your past when you don't know how people are going to view what they don't know about you. It's risky to leave a job, a career, to follow a calling. God can interrupt, but you have a choice. Let's admit it. What keeps us from following is the risk of not knowing what obeying will look like tomorrow. Lord, if you'd just tell me. Lord, if you'd have just said I was going to have a net full of fish, I'd have rode out there in a hurry. I mean, I, I mean, what are you going to say, Sunday? I mean, isn't that what we see? Isn't that what we understand? Matthew 6, 33 and 34 say, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries and its own troubles, its own risk, its own sacrifice, its own difficulties, its own devils. Today's trouble is enough for today. Today's trouble is enough for today. That's what it says. Today's trouble is enough for today. So look, when it comes to blind obedience, expect following to be risky. Expect it to be risky. Expect it to call for you to take chances and risk and make sacrifices. How about the next story in Peter's life? If you were to read Peter's life, you'd see one of the next stories in his life is when he walks on water. So he's had this encounter. He's loaded two boats full of fish to the point of sinking in this encounter with Jesus. And then all of a sudden, we see in just, just verses Chapters later, this encounter, this moment where there's this storm, and all of a sudden they, they think they're going to die, and they see this vision, they think, and all of a sudden they realize this Jesus out for a stroll on the water. He says, get back here, Jesus, feed me something. What you got? What a risk. You know what? Once you take that first step of obedience, the second one's not near as hard. After he took that first one and saw what happened, the second one wasn't nearly as hard. That first one's always tough because we don't know about tomorrow. But then we realize all of a sudden that he's got tomorrow. He's in tomorrow today. He's doing things tomorrow to set up the moment. And he's working it today to get us ready for that. And, and so all of a sudden, the wind, the waves, they're, they're turbulent, extremely dangerous. It's more than risky. It's scary. Peter's asked if he can get on, come to Jesus in one of the scariest moments in these fishermen's lives to the point that it becomes evident it's one of the worst storms they've ever been in because of the response of the, the, the people on the boat. It's scary to follow when you don't know the outcome. When I say expect following to be risky and I say plan for the interruption, I'm going to give the simplest answer to following Jesus. Just say yes. Don't make a big deal out of it. Just say yes. Interruptions are risks. They're invitations to 
going down the work that he's doing in you. He's doing in your story. He's setting up so that your story can be used by him to penetrate the hearts and lives of people that you come in contact with. The story God wants to write in your life is better than the story you're trying to achieve. Which brings me to the third action step. So we're going to plan to be interrupted. That's what's coming. It doesn't sound nearly as tough, though, as expect (laughs) following to be risky. Because none of us like to be in that scary, risky moment. Let's sacrifice. Everything to do with God's invitation to assemble. Everything to do with God's invitation hinges on obedience. So Peter's story has some bad choices in it along the way, right? I mean, who would ever thought that he would deny Jesus? I mean, who would ever thought that? This is a guy who's had some pretty powerful encounters on the way. Who would ever thought that? He's had some pretty bad choices along the way. But his story is a story of obedience. His story is a story of someone who chose to say yes, to blindly obey, to say yes to him. Did he get it? It took a while. He's still working on miracles, praise God. He chose to leave everything and follow Jesus. Let me give you a quick thought here. I'm telling you this because I want to be able to... I want to be able to say this to you. Stop worrying about your perceived outcome of Jesus. If he's calling you to something today, stop worrying about tomorrow. Stop worrying about your perceived outcome of Jesus. You have no control over that. Any more than you have control over the one that you're trying to reach. When it comes to blind obedience, outcomes can't be predicted. We just trust and obey. We just trust and obey that God takes care of us. He makes a way. He provides. He performs the miracle. In other words, what God asks you to do most likely won't make sense, but but obedience changes everything. You can't look at me and tell me water just turns into wine. It just happens. No, it's a miracle. You can't look at me and tell me that you can take two fish and five loaves and feed 5,000 people. It just, no, it doesn't just happen. It's a miracle. And there's miracle after 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 miracle through the scriptures and the life of Jesus and those things he wants to do in us. You're listening to this and thinking to yourself, I don't know, I feel like I followed, look where I am. I've been there. I have. Sometimes the outcome, so here's the the reality, because we're very influenced by our perceived reality. So sometimes the outcome isn't what we planned, expected, or chose. Sometimes the outcome is what we planned, expected, or chose. But God hasn't forsaken you. He hasn't left you. He's working his will in your life. 
He allows us to get out there and journey and do things and try things. I mean, Peter is the best thing right here. I, I just This was so encouraging to me when I saw this and was reminded of it. Peter, after having seen Jesus, following the resurrection, how I many he denied him, and then Jesus comes back and reveals himself to the disciples. Even after that, Jesus just, Peter decides he's going to go back doing life his way. Somebody say amen. He decides, I'm going to go back doing life my way. And I understand after the crucifixion, after, after having their hopes crushed, Peter decides the answer is to go back to his old ways. He decides, I'm going to just go fishing. Look, look the reality is you, your, your old ways are not where you'll find Jesus, but I'll guarantee you Jesus can find you if you're in your old ways. Amen? That's not where you're going to find Jesus, but he'll find you there. Don't, you, can't get, you can't hide from him. You can't escape from him. He's at work to willing to do of his, of his pleasure. Then out of nowhere, so here's this, this story. In John 21, we see the story of Peter try, just, just still trying to do life, decides, I'm going fishing, and all the disciples that were standing there with him said, we're going with you. So they go out and they fish, same story line, same reality. It reads and it says in John 21, they went out and fished all night, caught, say it, nothing. No thing, nothing. That's even worse, no thing. I mean, I want a crab. Give me something. Just give me anything. Nothing. Back in that same place, they fish all night, catch nothing. And for us, that means you can go back, you'll find it to be exactly as it was, unfulfilling, dissatisfying, empty, full of nothing. Then, out of nowhere, break of dawn, they're, they're rowing their boat, sort of making ways to try to get out of off the water. They're all sort of mad at Peter because they thought, man, surely after this many years, you ain't lost if you have. You, 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 we caught nothing, nothing, we got nothing to eat. Here we are. We followed you, Peter. So they're all disgruntled sitting in the back of the boat. You can go back, but you'll find it to be exactly as it was. And then out of nowhere, this guy's on the shore, and he starts hollering, Hey, and guess where he is? (laughs) Jesus is saying to some of y'all this morning, Hey, how's that fishing going? How's that fishing going? Nothing. Nothing. They don't. I, they can't recognize him. They've seen him once, but they don't recognize him. It says that in the scripture. And I've been there and done that. I've gone by, back only to find my way to be a very empty way, and to all of a sudden in a sit, situation to encounter something or someone, only to realize in that moment there's something different. And so then Jesus asked them to repeat something. You listen to me. He asked them to repeat something that they had done over and over that night, except do it his way this time. Same thing happened in the first experience. Y'all remember it. Hey, push out into the deep water and let's put the net down, catch some fish. Oh, no, 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 no. I know what I know, and we're not going to catch fish because it's too late. The fish has gone deep. Oh. Hey, push back. How about dropping your nets and catch some fish? It's an amazing thing to me. Brother Chad, this is a number 
this passage says, and immediately the nets are full of 153 large fish. Not just 153 fish. Now, I'm not talking about brim, y'all. I'm not talking about brim. I'm talking about like, like pulling in a net full of like 153, you know, channel cats in the 8 to 10 pound range. All right, you got me. Y'all with me now? Or, or maybe, maybe pulling it up and it being full of it being full. I don't know. Give me a good salt, salt uh, lemon fish. Maybe a whole bunch, like 10, 15 pound lemon fish. 153 of them. I mean, they're in trouble again. Why? Because Jesus got involved. You're going to be in trouble when he gets involved. Your ways are going to be in trouble. Your plans are going to be in trouble. (laughs) So they repeat it. Immediately, the nets are full. Immediately, Peter's taken back to the first big hole. And so what does he do? He looks up, and he puts his face in the net. He looks up, and he realizes it's Jesus. He says, boys, y'all can have the boat. And he swims 100 yards or so to the shore. See how the guys are rowing, trying to keep up. Here, you see this one. He's bringing it home. He's bringing it home. Why? Because he wants to get back where Jesus is. (laughs) I just want to get back where he is, y'all. I just want to get back where we'll be gathering here Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday His spirit is so present. The freedom to worship. His word penetrates deep in our hearts and our lives. God's trying to get some of us back to that. To our first encounter, our first big call, to our first time we said yes to him. I want you to close your eyes for a minute. I know that's kind of weird. I just want you to close your eyes for a minute. I want to ask you this. Do you remember Man, I can go back to South Louisiana. I can go back on that pike yard. I can remember standing on that pike yard on top of a stack, a rack of boxes. And I can remember the fear of the Lord speaking to me so clearly. Can you remember that encounter that you had? That encounter moment? That moment when everything that you were doing seemed to be so dissatisfying, so unfulfilling, full of nothing, empty. Suddenly, Jesus shows up. Our Savior, our Lord, the lover of our soul. Can you recall it? Do you understand why he's reminding you? in a prayerful state right now. Just I want to I want to take you to a thought right here about fear. Just a, just a, just a few months from this encounter in this moment was martyrdom. Peter's about to be executed. Martyr. 
in an effort to communicate the importance of our story, here's what he says in 2 Peter 1.18. For we were not making up clever stories when we told you about the powerful coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We saw his majestic splendor with our own eyes. That's our story. We're not making up some clever allegory. We're not making up some tricky little phrase. I'm not at the mercy of a person with an argument because I've got an experience. I've experienced the life-giving presence of God. I've experienced the freedom from sin, grip, and power. I've experienced the forgiveness of all those bad choices of sin in my life. I've experienced it. I know what I know. And I'm so thankful. And that's our story. We don't make up what God's done in our lives. We're witnesses to the power of His coming into our lives. Every single story gets better when Jesus enters it. Every single story. So if you haven't planned or expected or chose to follow Jesus, the scripture says in 2 Corinthians 6, 2, indeed the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. So sit there, I'm just going to speak to you about that salvation. If you don't know Christ personally, what a great day. What you have planned has come out a little different. You've been interrupted. What you expected is fixing to cost you something. It's going to be risky sacrifice always is giving up something that you know to get something that he knows and has promised it's risky but all you got to do today is say yes yes to Jesus yes to his love yes to his power to forgive yes to his spirit coming and dwelling in your life and your heart yes to his word guiding and directing you yes 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 if that's you I'm just going to ask you right now will you will you take a step toward him I want everybody in the building to stand up And I want to open this altar and I want to say, hey, if you're willing to take a risk this morning, will you take a step toward Jesus? Will you take a step toward him? If you've got a handful of debt this morning, you know Christ, but you've gone back to your way. You've gone back to the the fishing hole. You've gone back to the hole. He's saying to you, hey, I want to do it different. Will you let me guide you? Will you let me interrupt you? Will you let me bring you to a place of fulfilling the most risky thing in life? Let me do what I can do. 
spoke in this offering, if you're here and God's speaking to you and calling you into a first-time relationship with Christ, or if he's calling to you, get, trying to get you back into that place of pursuit after him, that place of blind obedience, that place of saying yes to him without a certainty of tomorrow, I want you to come. I want to invite you to come. Come to this offering right now. In the name of Jesus, if you come, let us pray for you. Let us pray for you. Come. Anyone. Anyone. I know the Lord's speaking to you, and I just want you to yield to him. I just want you to give in. I just want you to let him have his way in your life. I, want, I, just, I invite you to find your place, to find that place of surrender, that place of, of sacrifice right now in your heart, in your soul. I know you don't have to come to this altar, and I'm, I'm, I realize that. I'm inviting an opening altar. If you have a physical need or, 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 or there's, a, there's a need within your life or someone's life that we need to pray for healing. I invite you to come. Anyone. I open this altar right now and let's give God freedom and liberty to minister as only He can. Mary, would you lead us? If you see someone here that you can stand with and pray, would you come? Oh
quick thought. We have a miracle in the house. Kingsley's back there. Amen. We just, let's do this right quick. We're going to close. I just want you to extend your hand towards them. We're not going to go gather around them, but let's just extend our hands towards them and pray for them. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, thank you for the touch of God, the power of healing in Kingsley's little life. Thank you for parents who are standing in the gap and praying and believing through Jacob and, and Reagan. And Lord, I just pray that you'll continue to show yourself strong to this young family. And I praise you, God, that we're going to see Kingsley get, get her strength, recover, and become strong and vibrant for the kingdom of God. We trust you for that. In the name of Jesus.